Happy Resurrection Day. This is one of the greatest day of the uh, church of Jesus Christ. You know, many men died on a cross, but there's only one man that died on a cross, died, and then rose again. His name was Jesus. Hallelujah. So today's message is the resurrection miracle, and it was a miracle. The resurrection was a miracle, and we're going to be talking about that. Matter of fact, tonight on NBC at 9 o'clock, the, you can watch that A.D., kind of goes along the next several weeks we're going to be going right through the book of Acts you know chapter after chapter and following what happened after the resurrection you know the the resurrection was the beginning and the birthplace of the church that's when the church was born matter of fact born on the resurrection uh, morning that's when it was you know born so today we have a, a new series we're going to look at so turn with me this morning to John chapter 11 verse 25 or you can look in your notes this morning as we want to read that. And uh, we're going to just allow the Holy Spirit to speak to our spirit this morning. John eleven twenty five. 25. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And who, so, whoever lives and believes in me will never die Do you believe this? Would you bow your heads with me? Heavenly Father, we thank you this morning on this special resurrection morning day celebration. And because of your resurrection, we too one day will overcome death and have eternal life. And we want to say thank you for that. In your precious name we pray. And everybody said amen. Amen. In your notes there, if you would write, number one, Jesus was more than a master carpenter. For nearly 30 years, the one who had crafted the universe with his voice, crafted furniture with his hands. And he was very good at what he did. Matter of fact, there was no crooked legs or table legs or whatever it may be that came out of that carpenter shop in Nazareth of Jesus. But Jesus was more than a master carpenter. He was also God incognito. Matter of fact, he was God. He was not only the son of God, he was God too. And, but the Bible says in Mark chapter 6, 3, is not this the carpenter, the son of Mary, and the brother of James and Judas and Simon, okay? Yes, it was. He was the son of man, but he was also the son of God. So his miraculous powers rank as history's best kept secrets for nearly three decades, but all of that changed. All of that changed on the day the woodbender became the waterbender at a little town called Cana of Galilee when this first miracle happened. Number two in your notes, Jesus performed many miracles, but this one was very special. In John chapter 2 and verse 9, it says the master of the feast had tasted the water that was made wine. Matter of fact, he realized that, wow, this was, this was some kind of wine. Jesus uh, uh, manipulated the, the structures of the water and turned it into wine. Actually, there was 700 and 57 bottles of it. Think about this, of water that was there that was turned into wine. And when they began to taste that wine, they talked about how good it was. And nothing but the best. This wasn't just, uh, just wine, but it was fine wine because it was made from the master's hands. And we find that there was 34 distinct miracles that are recorded in the Gospels, while countless more went unrecorded. John's gospel spotlights seven uh, miracles themselves, unveiling seven dimensions of Jesus' miraculous power. 
We're going to look at a few of those this morning because I want you to see something. Jesus performed many miracles. And in chapter 2 there, we, we, he turned the water into wine. In chapter 4, Jesus heals a nobleman's son long distance, revealing that his lordship over latitude and longitude. Then in chapter 5, he reveals his mastery over chronologically, reversing 38 years of pain and suffering with one command. And the man was healed at that moment. In John chapter 6, the Bible says that Jesus feeds 5,000 with five loaves and two fishes. Think about it. And the gospel kingdom, five plus two doesn't equal seven. Matter of fact, as, they, as they begin, the miracles begin to take place, a little boy's lunch turned out to feed the multitudes. Come on, somebody. So his encore was waltzing around the waves of the Sea of Galilee. And in chapter 9, we find there was more to the miracle than meets the eye. And I want you to think about that. Jesus doesn't just heal a blind man's eyes. He hardwires the blind man's brain by creating a Cinetech uh, pathway between the optic nerves and the visual cortex. And the man began to see as he touched his eyes. And just when you think that you've seen it all, the grave robber turns a tomb into a waiting room as his friend Lazarus was raised from the dead. Lazarus had been dead for four days when Jesus calls him to come out. And the miracle foreshadows his own death and resurrection. And tonight you can begin to watch some of this as you watch the AD on ABC at 9 o'clock tonight. I hope you tune that in and begin to watch some of that. So the seven miracles in John's Gospels, there's seven signs and each sign points straight to Jesus. Everyone say the word Jesus. Jesus. Say it again. So let me offer a word of caution. Don't just seek miracles. We seek Jesus. You know, if you're seeking Jesus, you can have the miracles. How many of you believe in miracles today? Let me see your hands. Do you believe God can work a miracle in your life? I believe he can. I believe sometimes we need a miracle and we need God to do something. And as we're seeking Jesus, he can give us that miracle. So if you follow Jesus long enough, far enough, you'll eventually find yourself in the middle of some miraculous thing that's going on in your life. I've been there. I've done that. I've seen miracles in, in my own life. And no one wants to be in a situation that, uh, that, that necessitates one. Of course, you can't have one without the other. But sometimes we need that miracle. So number three, write this in your notes. The prerequisite for a miracle is a problem. Wow. The prerequisite for a miracle is a problem. And the bigger the problem, the greater potential for the miracles. Now, none of us wants a problem, but sometimes we find ourselves in a situation where we need a miracle and God is willing and ready to give us that miracle that we need. If the wedding party in Cana hadn't run out of wine, there wouldn't have been no need for the winemaker to do his thing and create a miracle. So what the bridegroom, what the bride and the groom perceived as a problem wasn't really a, was a perfect opportunity for God to move on the scene and to do something. And the same in our lives today. See, some of you are sitting here this morning and maybe you need a miracle in your life. And I just want you to know something. All the miracles throughout the Bible from, you know, all the Gospels, the four Gospels, and all the miracles that we see throughout the Bible. If God can do miracles then, God can do miracles today. If you believe that, say amen. The Bible says he's the same today, yesterday, and forevermore. He is God who can make the impossible possible for you. How many of you seen the 1978 version of Superman starring Christopher Reeves? Anybody see that? You, you remember, you know, let me give you just a little bit. Of, remember uh, Superman's heartthrob, uh, heartthrob uh, Lois Lane? She's driving through Nevada desert and, 
and, and when a crevice opens up and it swallows her up, you know. Now, Superman, he's off over here and he's doing some other good deeds, you know, and, and he hasn't got too lost yet, and he, he finishes all these other things and he flies over, and, but he gets there too late. How many of you remember he gets there too late? So you remember what he does? You remember what he does? He starts going around, the, you, know, you know, so many times, you know, and, 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 and the earth was going this way, and all of a sudden the earth started going back that way and turned time around. How many of you wish that sometimes we could turn time back like that? I wish there was times we could just go back to a situation, but how many of you know it doesn't work that way? We don't have Superman, but we do have Jesus today. And i tell you one thing. Jesus can perform miracles today. Can you say amen? And sometimes we find ourselves in a situation where we wish, oh my, I wish I could turn time back. I wish I could go back to this situation. And folks, I'll tell you what, with Jesus, some of those things are possible because miracles are possible today with Jesus. If you believe that, say amen. Some of those lessons that we've learned in life, sometimes we laugh them off and sometimes they're embarrassing. And then there's those unreversible moments that leave a hole in your heart forever, like standing at the foot of the casket. And if you've ever been on the receiving end of the divorce papers or answered a frantic phone call in the middle of the night or gotten a lab result from the doctor that affirmed your worst fears, you know that feeling all too well. And at that time, you need a miracle. See, we've had people here at Open Bible Christian who have been in the situations just like that, and God has given them a miracle. You know, all things, the Bible says, are possible to them that believe. If you believe that, say amen. amen. Now, the criteria is you have to believe. You have to want that miracle. You have to uh, be seeking that God, seeking Jesus. So it feels like your life is over sometimes, but it's not over until God says it's over. When Jesus walked out of the tomb, the world's impossible was removed from our vocabulary. And his resurrection isn't something that we celebrate one day on, year, uh, uh, on, on Easter Sunday, but we can celebrate every day. Come on, somebody. And we can celebrate that. It's something we celebrate every day in every way. The seventh miracle. The seventh miracle Jesus reveals, the true identity, the full identity of Jesus He's not just the winemaker and the, the, water, the water walker or the impressive of, of all of those miracles may be, okay? But he's also the grave robber. Everybody say the grave robber. Now, the grave thought that they had, you know, Satan thought he had him. The grave thought they had him, you know. And here he is, the, the son of God. He dies on Calvary. He's taken down. He's put in a tomb. They roll a big stone over the, the hole of the tomb, and they, they think they, they have him. But as we look at John eleven twenty five, 25, and, and as we look at that, and he say, says, boldest claim for the last. And he comes out and he says, I am the resurrection and the life. I am the resurrection and the life. It's that unique claim that sets Jesus apart and puts him in a category by himself as the son of God. No other uh, religion claims has that claim like Jesus has a resurrection. Christianity is not built on the foundation of philosophy or a code of ethics or anything like that. The, the, the footer of our faith or the foundation fact is that there's an empty tomb. I'm glad I've had the opportunity to go to Israel, the state of Israel, and I was there. And I, I don't know what I was expecting, but I went up. I, I just had to go look in. <laughs> and let me say, it was empty. <laughs> Did you have unbelief? No. I just wanted to see what everybody else was looking in there to see. There was nothing to see. After cheating death by calling Lazarus out of the tomb, Jesus walked out of the tomb under his own power. That's the ultimate apologetics 
And there's no, no argument against that. It's called the resurrection. It's the resurrection. If the resurrection didn't happen, Christianity ranks as history's cruelest hoax. As a matter of fact, it would be a joke on everybody. We're not just uh, wasting our lives worshiping him. We're, we would be living a lie. But thank God we're not today. Can you say amen? But if Jesus walked out of the tomb 2,000 years ago, all bets are off. Hallelujah. Or maybe I should say all bets are on. Can you say amen? Now, let me just give you something. And I've got it in your notes. I want, I want you to see this. In an interview with Rolling Stone magazine, U2 uh, frontman uh, Bono was asked his opinion of Jesus with this question. Jesus has his rank among the world's greatest thinkers. But son of God, isn't that a little far-fetched? And the leader of U2 and the global crusader against poverty responded, No, it's not far-fetched to me. Look, the secular response to the Christ story always goes like this. He was a great prophet who had... Could you turn the lights back up, please? Thank you. He was a great prophet who had a lot to say along the lines of the great prophets be they Elijah, Muhammad, Buddha, or Confucius. But actually, Christ doesn't allow you that. He doesn't let you off the hook. Christ says, no, I'm not saying I'm a teacher. Don't call me a teacher. I'm not saying I'm a prophet. I'm saying I am Messiah. I am Messiah. I'm saying I am God incarnate. And people say, no, no, please just say he's a prophet. A prophet we can take. So what's left with Either Christ was he, who he said he was, the Messiah, or a complete nutcase. Folks, he's the Messiah. Can you say amen? amen? While most people have no issue accepting Christ as a compassionate healer, some, some would say, yes, he's a wise teacher. Some would say he's a, a religious prophet. Isn't that who he alleges to be? But yes, he claims that and more. He was and is the Son of God. If you believe that, say amen this morning. He claimed to be God. And as C.S. Lewis famously observed, Jesus is either a liar or a lunatic, or in fact he claimed, uh, or who he claimed to be, Lord. Everybody say Lord. Lord. You see, there's no middle ground. Either Jesus is Lord of all, or he isn't Lord at all. So we ask the question, which, so which is it? The one decision will determine your eternal destiny. It will also make the impossible possible in your life. Folks, you know, you ask me how I know he lives. Folks, he lives within my heart this morning. And Paul said, if that same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwell in you, that same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead will also quicken your mortal bodies. Aren't you glad this morning that there was a resurrection? Somebody say amen. amen. Oh, somebody get excited. Jesus popped a point blank question to Martha's life. Do you believe this? Do you believe this? And this is the criteria. This is where, this is where he puts the, the ball back into your court, you know. And he said, she, he said to Martha, do you believe this? I, I'm telling you, I am the son of God. I'm telling you, I am the Messiah. I'm telling you, I'm the resurrection and the life. I am the resurrection. Do you believe this? Remember that Lazarus hadn't walked out of the tomb yet. Yet Martha responded with her simple profession of faith. Yes, Lord, I believe. One little yes can change your life today. Somebody say amen. amen. I remember May 31st, 1971, as I gave my heart to Jesus Christ. But it was just 
it was just a, a month before that uh, that I had heard a, an Easter message that the seed was sown in my heart about a resurrection of Jesus, a Jesus that is alive today, a Jesus that walks around today. And it pricked my heart. One little yes can change your entire destiny. And the litmus test is the same now as it was then, okay? The only question on God's final exam, do you believe this? How many of you believe it? Let me see your hands this morning. Look at this. Hallelujah. So we're, we're affirmed in the multitude of believers this morning. It's not a multiple choice question. It's true or false. And if the most important question you'll ever answer, the one decision will determine your eternal destiny today. The good news is this, that it's an open book exam and that God reveals the right answer. And the Bible says in Romans chapter 10 and verse 9, if, everybody say if. Yes. See, it's a conditional thing. If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus Christ and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. That's all it takes. It's a believing. Do you believe this? It comes back to that. Number four, in closing this morning. Number four, the resurrection of Jesus Christ is the axis around which our faith resolves. You see, Jesus was the grave robber. He really was. He robbed the grave. He, 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 uh, the grave, you know, uh, should have had him and had everybody else. But he came, overcame death, hell, and the grave. Why? Because he was the Messiah. Why? Because he was the resurrection. And he gave that same spirit to us. When Jesus rose from the dead, it radically redefined reality. The resurrection is the history changer, the game changer. But the trick is learning to live as Jesus was crucified yesterday, rose from the dead today, and is coming back tomorrow. Somebody say amen. amen. Hallelujah. I am glad that we have a resurrection. The resurrection isn't something we celebrate once a year with our Easter bonnets and, and the... And the and the, maybe the new suit or the nice clothes that we wear. Uh, that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. But it's more than that, okay? It's something we celebrate every day in our lives. The resurrection of dead bodies is, is nothing short of miraculous. And the rematerialization of dead bodies when Christ returns. And you're going to be seeing some of this on TV tonight. I, I think you're going to really like this, okay? But the resurrection miracle, don't stop there. God raises dreams from the dead. See, some of you this morning may have some dreams that you just feel like your dream has died. Maybe God has spoken something to you or you have felt something and you believe something and it hasn't come to fruition. Let me tell you something. God can resurrect your dream this morning. Somebody say amen. He, he resurrects dead relationships. You know, there might be a relationship that you just feel like has died, okay? Or it's a surface relationship. It's the same as dead. And, and But God can resurrect surface and dead relationships. And no matter what part of your personality has died, the hands of sin and suffering or Satan, the grave robber, can give you back your life today. And here's the words of Jesus. Jesus' resurrection put a smile back on your face. Why? Because in Revelations, he says, I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. Hallelujah. He's the first and he's the last. So when Jesus died on the cross, Satan smirked, but the grave robber got the last laugh. He always does. Hallelujah. Oh, I could just see Jesus smiling there. And if you give him a chance, he'll give you a second chance this morning. He will put your smile back on your face, and you'll begin to laugh again. You'll begin to have joy again. He will give you back your life. And the one thing that, that you have to do, you have to believe that. Somebody say amen.
Would you bow your heads with me this morning?